Well, reports came out yesterday that the Big Ten is once again looking west to see if they want to add more Pac-12 schools. And if they do, I don't think the league can survive. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day if you're watching on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights free and beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show. Lots to get to today on the realignment front. And then I am going to pose a football question going into the season because the season is less than a month away. But we can't ignore this stuff because we are now legitimately asking ourselves the question, will this be the final year that the Pac-12 plays a football season? Now, people have speculated about this for a long time. Oh, the Pac-12 is going away. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. And I didn't think as much of it at the time. But one thing that I have been consistent about is that the Big Ten has always possessed the power to tank the Pac-12. And reports came out yesterday that the Big Ten is once again going to the drawing board and evaluating more Pac-12 schools, Oregon and Washington, and then also Stanford and Cal. Now, the phraseology of everything has been interesting to say the least, but the Big Ten put out this statement, quote, the Big Ten conference is still focused on integration of USC and UCLA. But it's also the commissioner's job to keep conference chancellors and presidents informed about new developments as they occur. Translation. All of the public posturing the Big Ten has provided over the last several weeks or months, frankly, about we're not in a place where we want to expand right now. We want to focus on USC and UCLA, getting them worked in, working out at kinks and everything like that. I actually believe they were genuine in that. I go back to the Kevin Warren debacle. Who wanted to make this move? Big Ten president said no. He moved on. They bring in another guy. Now, when Warren was in the mindset, when he was the Big Ten commissioner and wanted to go for the kill shot and say, let's go get Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, and really cause some chaos here. At the time, the Pac-12 felt like it was in a leveraged situation enough to the point where those schools might have been asking for a full share. But now that the media deal, in some form or fashion, has been presented to the conference presidents and they know what the offer is, and as a result, because this is all very interconnected, it's likely the Big Ten is aware of what the offer is. We don't know all the details about the deal that George Klyovkov presented the other day. But if the deal was as great as they have said it could be, all these times with all these comments beating the big 12 as a layup we're gonna get there we're gonna do this if it was really that they would have done it already i think everyone arrived at that conclusion a while ago myself included that yeah you can say whatever you want i'm not expecting them to beat the big 12 would be amazing but probably not going to happen but now that the deal's actually been presented if if i were the big 10 i'd be calling those schools and saying hey we've vetted and cleared xyz and double z school to come into the conference and when we were last looking at them it would have been you know close to a full share show 
full share or so. But now that the Pac-12 is in a position where the deal doesn't appear, again, we don't know everything about it, but it doesn't appear to be a home run sort of deal and is not going to be worth nearly as much. And if it can't eclipse even $30 million per school, then suddenly the Big Ten can probably get them at an even greater discount. The Big Ten media deal, I believe, it's a, is it, I, I confuse the SEC and the Big Ten and the SEC uh, all, all the time in terms of which deal pays out what, but just from the media rights, they're paying out either 65 or I think the Big Ten is $75 million. So back when the pack looked like it was going to hold on and have a deal or you know get everything and all that sort of stuff, then the schools probably weren't in as desperate of a situation because they hadn't been presented with anything. But if they have been shown a deal that is nowhere near even the Big 12, unless there are some escalator clauses or it's based on subscription numbers or, or, or anything like that, then the Big 10 might be able to go to them and say, hey, how, how desperate are you exactly? Loki and uh, Nick Fury, that interaction in Marvel's The Avengers comes to mind here. How desperate are you? Now, the difference is Nick Fury actually had a, uh, a pretty good card to play in that hand of poker, and it doesn't appear that the Pac-12 actually does. But the Big Ten could go back now and say, how desperate are you? And some schools might be saying, yeah, um, before we were going to ask you for 45, 50 million, but we'll take 35, we'll take 40 million. Because now that they're in a more desperate and seemingly dire situation with the Arizona Board of Regents meeting taking place later today, I, I don't know that the leverage for those schools has ever been lower than it is right now. And that's why the Big Ten, I think, has suddenly reemerged as a potential target to make another move in realignment. It feels like a lifetime ago, but it was just over a year ago that USC and UCLA announced that they were going to leave the conference for the Big Ten. And they haven't even played a game yet. They could all come in together. And and if you're the Big Ten, look, I think there is value in having a national conference that is as accessible for everybody as possible. And I understand the Stanford and Cal component. Well, their athletics aren't great. They Once upon a time, they added Maryland and Rutgers. You know why? Because they're in the East Coast and there are a lot of people over there and they get some part of the New York area, D.C. area kind of market. That's what they care about. You don't have to care. You don't have to think it's worth it, but they clearly do. So the way that I've seen this reported, again, I'm not reporting this, but the way I've seen it portrayed is that the Big Ten's priority, the top two schools are Oregon and Washington, and that Stanford and Cal are kind of a secondary option, but they're very much in the running. Now, if you were going to go forward with Oregon and Washington, I don't know why you would not pick up Stanford and Cal as well. Why would you disregard a major media market and the opportunity for your conference to have the greatest national foothold of any league in America? Why, why would you forego that? I don't know. That, that makes sense to me. If you can get them at a reduced rate, which you absolutely could, if you offered them, remember, the, a full share is $75 million or somewhere, somewhere in that range, $75, $70 million, whatever it is. 
you can offer them a half share and they would probably take it because that would be what anywhere from 35 to 38 million dollars per school per year yeah they would take that they they would take that maybe not forever but in the short term yeah they absolutely would because it was it would provide stability it would provide security and it would provide money that they might not be able to get in the pack so if the big 10 gets aggressive here and gets serious and continues to be serious now what i have heard uh from from someone covering this situation is that the big 10 is still in the early stages of this stuff but that it could start to move very quickly that when everything got reported it was a first step they were not on the eighth or ninth step of making this happen but it was the first step and conversations started to happen and they started to look at it and they started to explore it and if they do i have long held the opinion and continue now more than ever told the belief that if the big 10 comes calling the pac-12 will not survive and it'll cause the rest of the four corners to go to the big 12 and then unfortunately it looks like oregon state washington state would get left to the mountain west which would stink and i hope it doesn't happen but if the big 10 decides that's what they want to do they're going to end up getting uh, basically anything that they want now more movement could very well be taking place because there were some comments yesterday from florida state that shall we say begged the question what on earth is about to happen here if you're a small business owner you don't have to ask what's going to happen if i go check out linkedin jobs you're going to find the best qualified candidates because when every new potential hire feel, feels like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free so go create a free job post in minutes super easy add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire conferences are trying to add the right members to fortify their leagues and you need to be able to add the right members to your team linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college post your job for free terms and conditions apply You know one thing that gets me through all this realignment and craziness and madness and such second segment sips yeah they keep me going i've done a lot of podcasts today a lot of them been talking a lot gotta keep myself going just like the pac-12 has to try and keep itself going and boy that just looks like it's going to get tougher and tougher by the day now when it's just the big 12 that's calling it comes down to the media deal but they're I don't think there is any deal that the Pac-12 can present, given what we know about it at this time, that would prevent the Big 12, the Big 10, the Big 10 from being able to come in and get the teams they want if they decide they want them. So it'll come down to the Big 10 presidents here because if the Pac-12 has to fight the Big 10, we've seen how that's gone. Game over, you lose. If you have to fight the Big 12, not easy, uphill battle got to keep the Arizona schools interested and they might be going elsewhere we'll see what happens at the Board of Regents meeting today but I like your chances against the Big 12 even with nine remaining schools and one or two perhaps moving in tandem or not moving in tandem than I do going up against the Big 10 100% doesn't mean I love their chances 
but I like them a heck of a lot more because I think the Big Ten is too big, too powerful for the pack to take on. and They got too much money working and everything else. I, I just don't see how the pack could survive that if they decide to do it. I can see a world where they survive a battle here with the Big 12. It's not an easy one. It is a really, really tricky one, but I could see it. I, I don't know if the Big Ten gets aggressive and starts making offers, how the Pac-12 would, would be able to sustain that. Would it depend on how aggressive? Maybe, but if Oregon and Washington jump, you think Utah, Arizona, Arizona State are going to stick around? Probably not. And then the Bay Area schools will be left there to say, are we going to go independent? Are we going to go Ivy League? Don't know. So anyway, speaking of movement, another conference that, again, just kind of keeps popping up from time to time is the ACC. So Florida State is not happy in the ACC. They are making it inexplicably, blatantly clear that they have a desire to leave the ACC one day. They're saying things like not if, but when and how, and that they can't see a future where they can continue to compete because this long-term ACC deal locks them in to a dollar figure that averages about $36 million. And the ACC is sitting there saying, well, Florida State specifically saying, hey, we can't compete financially with the Big Tens and the SECs of the world. And if the ACC went to the market right now, and they were negotiating a new contract, they'd be getting more than $36 million a year. So the entity that doesn't want that to change is ESPN. ESPN that's just had to make a bunch of budget cuts and rearrangements and dealing with the market and yada, yada, yada. They don't want to have to suddenly pay full market price for the ACC. They've got them on the cheap and want to keep them there. But Florida State is being very open about how they want to either get out or the other thought I had is maybe they're making these statements and they mean it, but they're also trying to just get a leverage play for unequal revenue sharing within the conference. I could see that being the case as well. But I think a remote 1% chance here is that the ACC starts scooping up PAC schools if a Big 12 move materializes before the Big 10. So let's say, for instance... Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah decide to move in tandem over to the Big 12, but the Big 10 decides, no, we're not taking anybody else right now. That's when I think the ACC could come into play. I think it would be incredibly tricky, but Florida State is putting pressure on the league and the rest of college football and the realignment space to make a move or make it clear at the very least that they want to make a move, that they are willing to to make a move. Whether that's the Big Ten or the SEC, I don't know. I'm not really clear on where they would fit more appropriately, but I would watch to see how that all plays out because if the Big Ten were to somehow you know, get schools to break the grant of rights in the ACC, which is kind of the biggest hurdle over there, and they picked up two schools, would that then affect which pack schools or how many pack schools they'd be going for? Because the Big Ten is sitting at 16 teams right now. And what I've seen reported is that they're, stri they're striving to get to maybe 18 or 20, but I don't know that they'd want to go beyond 20. That's a massive, massive undertaking. If you were to have more than 20 teams in a conference, and 20 teams in a conference is a big undertaking. So if Florida State somehow breaks free Ariana Grande style and they, they bring Clemson along with them for the ride, or, or somebody else, Miami, I don't know, then that could affect how all these dominoes start to fall. But that, I think, only happens if the Big Ten says no and the Big 12 move happens first and they get three more pack schools, then the ACC comes into play. But I don't think that the, that the schools out West, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, would go ACC over Big Ten. 
I also think it's trickier to get in there given the contract they have with ESPN. Now, maybe ESPN would be interested there in amending something because, well, if they suddenly add four schools out West, you know, if the Big 12 schools or if the Big, if the Big 12 grabs three schools from the pack, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and then Arizona uh, or and then, the, and then those schools are gone, but then the Big 10 says, mm, no, we're good. ESPN might look at saying, hey, we want to amend our deal so that we can, you know, have a presence out West so that we can have West Coast football, have the late night window and fill it with Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington and do the best we can and set up matchups within the ACC. That would be fun. I would be super down. It would be tricky. Logistics would be tough. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But would it be a good result for the schools that are you know, currently on the on the precipice of either being left in the pack with what looks to be not a great media deal, though we don't know all the details of it, but still doesn't seem great. If it was great and amazing, feels like it might have been done by now, though they were, you know, they met on Tuesday and they were going back to their corners kind of and figuring out what the best options are. And we don't know when that next meeting is going to be the one that they asked for after they convened and presented the deal. George Klyovkov then said, okay, yeah, let's have another meet. Yeah, we haven't seen that meeting materialize yet. But what we are going to see later today is the Arizona Board of Regents is going to is going to meet. Now, this is a fascinating component to all of this because the Arizona Board of Regents oversees both Arizona and Arizona State. And I continue to see, and I, I believe as well, just my personal opinion, I don't have this sourced or anything, but I have seen reporters discuss and quotes be given in various, to various outlets and such about Arizona and Arizona State not going anywhere individually. That if Arizona leaves, Arizona State is leaving as well. And that they'd be a package deal. And given that they are overseen and governed by the same board of regents, that makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know why that board of regents would want to have ASU and Arizona split. I don't know what the benefit would be. I don't know why you would let that happen. So the items on the agenda are pertaining to uh, something about athletics and, uh, you know, authorities to be designated to Michael Crow and Robert Robbins, the presidents of ASU and Arizona, respectively. So that's going to be something to follow as the day goes on. But if those two were to jump, and they didn't have Utah coming with them. Because that's another thing that's been suggested is that those three will move in tandem. But Arizona and Arizona State are the only ones tied together legally. So if Arizona and Arizona State went over to the Big 12, could other schools then start to make their case to go over there? Could Oregon throw their hat in the ring and say, hey, you should rather have us than Utah? Brett Yormark, should, would they give him a call and do that? I don't know. I imagine in a fight for survival, they might. Which leads me into uh, a couple of mailbag questions here. One of which uh, is a tad older, but I'll explain why I'm including it on the show. YouTube comments or on Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore pack 12. I won't actually be recording shows uh, after tomorrow's. I won't be recording them live for a little while. I'm going to be out of town. Great timing, I know. But the Pac-12 was supposed to have this done by now. So this is the Pac-12's fault as uh, per our usual arrangement. But happy to engage with all of you in the comments section or uh, on, on Twitter too. So this question from Bud. Bud, by the way, is an everydayer. Love that. 
If it ends up that the Pac-12 dissolves, could we see a dog-eat-dog battle or bird-eat-dog-eat-ute? <laughs> nice. Among members of the former league to get out of the Big 12, like getting on the last boat on the Titanic, for example, Oregon, Washington, Utah, bumping out all the others to move to the Big 12. So, no, and here's why. Arizona and Arizona State appear to be a package deal. I really can't see them separating. So, assuming that I'm correct in that, I think you could see a, a self-promoting bidding war of sorts for the last spot in the Big 12, depending on what happens with the Big 10. That's why it's kind of the X factor here. However, if the Arizona schools were to leave, someone would probably need to fill that spot because they need to add one or three more schools to state an even number, which everyone wants to do. So they have added Colorado, that's 13. If they added Arizona and Arizona State, but not Utah, now they're at 15. Do they go back east and grab Yukon? Or do they look west again and call Oregon? Or call Washington and see who'd be interested? Or do they try to get Utah and say, hey, you're all right there in the same spot. Let's just make it happen. We can have the Holy Wars, a football game. That's a, that's a perfectly viable option there. But here's the other factor that comes into play. Is Brett Yormark may not want to add... Oregon or Washington, because he knows in the back of his mind that if a Big Ten offer doesn't materialize now, it could one day in the future, and Oregon and Washington would both bolt, and he probably wants to avoid having schools brought into the league that could one day leave the conference again. I can't imagine that's something he would want to do. Now, that's a calculation that he has to make and a risk he has to choose whether or not to take. I would take it if I were him, personally, because you can't bank on something you know, happening if you don't know for certain that it's going to happen and you think, ah, well, it could, but you can also set up an exit clause that gets you a handsome payout if Oregon and Washington or Oregon or Washington were to join your league and then leave in, you know, five, six years or so, you could make them pay handsome, pay you handsomely for it. So I would, that's, that, that's what my mindset would be. It's not, by the way, what I want to happen. These are two different things. That's what I would do if I were Brett Yormark. What I would like to have happen is the PAC somehow get a good enough deal to keep everybody together at San Diego State, SMU, and like Boise State or Fresno or Tulane or somebody, Colorado State, Air Force, I don't know, somebody along those lines, get to 12, try to make it work going forward. But that just seems to be increasingly unlikely. So we have to operate in the world that, that we have, not the one uh, that we would like for it to be. So that's why I don't feel that... Uh, or that's, that's why I do feel there, there could be a little bit of a bidding war there. But um, the final destination for Oregon and Washington one day would be probably the Big Ten. Let's, like That's where they'd like to be, I think. I get the sense. I predict. Don't know that for certain, though. But pretty reasonable prediction in my view. Arizona and Arizona State, meanwhile, I don't think they have their sights set on going anywhere but the Big 12 or the Pac, depending on what happens. So... Wait to see the Board of Regents thing. All right, this is an older question that's been in the mailbag for a while uh, that, you know, just got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But anytime you send me a question, I'm always going to answer it. But I do think it's relevant to bring up right now. This is from Eric. I know I've posted about this before, but what do you think about my theory concerning a two-tiered plan for expansion? To recap, the PAC adds San Diego State and SMU starting in 2024, and then in a few years, the conference adds UNLV and Rice. I can make a number of arguments for the ultimate addition of both UNLV and Rice, but both programs have a lot of work to do over the next several years to earn a promotion of the Power 5 level. Yeah, that's very true. Now, 
Now let's say you're buying this idea. Do you think the PAC would add these programs during their next media rights deal in, say, three to four years? Or do you think the addition would be more likely to occur right before heading back to market? So the reason that I am bringing this up right now is because the Pac-12 is now in a position where one of those schools, probably UNLV, although their academic standards are maybe not up to the Pac's level per se, uh, in in every single facet, but they are in an interesting area in Las Vegas, is the two-tiered expansion plan has to be put on the back burner, but also at the same time brought to the front burner. What do I mean? What you laid out, Eric, this question was asked before Colorado uh, announced they were they were leaving to the Big 12. That was two teams now, two teams in the future. Totally get that. But you can no longer operate in a world in which if you're the pack and you are going to try and survive, get a deal that's good enough to keep everybody together and expand, you can no longer operate in a world in which you are wishy-washy on expansion. You've got to add teams, create some sort of momentum, and you have to have enough inventory for your media rights partners to actually put games on television. You can't have an eight-team league because it's not enough games. It's not going to be worth it. You can't have a 10-team league in the long run because I don't think that's enough. So I think they have to add at least one for next year if they're going to be able to stay together. And then they'd have to add two more the, um, immediately the following year. I don't think they can afford to just stand by. And look, they might have to think about going to 14 one day because they need teams that can try and compete. But then you have the factor of, you know, does it dilute the media deal too much and is it uh, lowering the credibility of the conference with too many G5 schools and whatnot? But right now, it, there, there has to be some sort of move that they're trying to make. I just don't know if they're going to be, going to be able to make it. I, I really, really don't. I see where you're thinking about, you know, can they structure it like this? But they can't afford to think way into the future. They've got to think here and now, try and stay in survival mode. So... How do I survive talking about all this stuff all day, every day? The answer is we talk about football every now and then. So going through and ask, asking big questions for every team going into what is going to be an awesome Pac-12 season. Record predictions start next week. How freaking exciting is that? Yeah, that's right. Record predictions for the season. We're that close. We're going to have college football games this month. Utah plays Florida this month. USC plays San Jose State this month. We're less than a month away. It's really, really exciting. So Arizona State is a team that I don't expect very much of this year. They have a win total of four and a half. They've got a first-year, first-time head coach in Kenny Dillingham, who's very energetic, who gave a fantastic answer, by the way, when he was asked about all this stuff. He said, yeah, um, I don't really have time to because when I get in football mode, I wake up, I text 87 recruits, I figure out you know, who, where we are, get the practice plan together, go to practice, work with the coaches, go back, watch film, go home, and you know, then do it all again the next day. I love that answer because is the realignment stuff interesting and is it the biggest story? Of course. Yes, absolutely. Am I tired of it? Yeah, I am. Ready for it to be over one way or the other. Give me resolution and give me football. That's what I would like more than anything. So the biggest question for Arizona State, I don't expect them to go over their win total of four and a half. I think they'll probably be a three or four win team. Uh, Their schedule is not the easiest in the conference, but I really think the question for them is how long are you going to ride it out with Drew Pine? 
You have Jaden Rashada sitting there, four-star hotshot quarterback recruit that's come in. It was quite an adventure getting him to Tempe, but you have him there. And if you're in a rebuilding state, and I'm sure Kenny Dillingham understands that, is there really a lot of value to playing Drew Pine the whole season? Like maybe at the start, as you're trying to establish a culture, give young young guys a chance, learn how to win games as a head coach and as a staff and how you work together and everything like that. Drew Pine probably gives you the best chance to win. But is he your quarterback of the future? No, Jaden Rashada is. So the big question for Arizona State, even more than the question of can they pull an upset like they did last year when they beat Washington inexplicably in, in Tempe 45-38, is can they get to a point where they understand that the future is more important than the present because their team is just not ready for that. And you need to get that kid as ready as possible to be a high-caliber starting quarterback in whatever conference you're going to play in. And he can only learn so much sitting on the bench. You can learn something by doing that, not denying that. But you can't learn everything. You got to get out there and get the reps. You got to get out there and have the experience. And as Arizona State, I predict, will probably struggle as the season goes on. If they start racking up losses, yeah, they might just turn to the young kid and then they would become interesting because everyone would want to see what they've got in Jaden Rashada exactly and what his potential could be for the program going forward because that's the future. That's that, that's you're, You got to be all in on that kid. He's your quarterback of the future. When does he see the field? It's a big question for Arizona State. Everybody's got a big question to answer, though. We'll keep answering them on the show as we continue, and record predictions start next week. Can't wait for that. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time, and until then, have a wonderful rest of your day.